So what do you like about jujitsu? I'm curious. If anyone here is listening to this and you listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, you've probably heard this before, but it's kind of like human chess. It's just a lot of fun when you're into it. It's not so much about just being brutal and physical. It's just you're trying to map out what the next move or position is. It's kind of hard to explain, but it's it is really like fun. chess, but somebody's trying to choke you out at the same yeah. time. Like you're playing <laughs> chess and they're trying to choke you or armbar you. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation. Scott Peckford here. Welcome to Island B Rookie Mortgage Broker Podcast. Every Friday, we talk to a rookie who's making waves in the mortgage industry to figure out what are they doing, how are they succeeding in today's crazy competitive market. Today on the show, I have Tom Moffat. Tom is one of our clients, and he's a firefighter one week of the month, and then three weeks of the month, he's actually running a very successful mortgage business. In his first year in the mortgage business, he funded one mortgage. This year, he's already funded $9 million, which is amazing. And we chat about some of the things that he picked up from working with us, and he said his customer journey, which is everything that happens from first contact to a client for life, was absolutely critical in helping him just run a better mortgage business and make it scalable. So if you're listening to this, you're like, hey, how do I get to that 9, 10, 15 million? Go to get10funded.com. We have a very specific program for new brokers. It's top notch. There is no better program out there for helping new agents succeed. It's get10funded.com, the number 10. You can check out the webinar that we have there. I also, today, I talked to Ben McCabe from Bloom Finance. So Bloom is a new reverse mortgage entrant in Canada, and they're doing amazing things. They're growing like crazy. So go to bloomfin.ca to check that out. And we talk about the three client types that you can expect when it comes to reverse mortgages. There's some interesting dialogue there. And finally, I want to give a huge shout out to our title sponsor, Finmo. So grateful for those guys. First off, they've built an amazing product, which we love, but also that they help us continue to do these shows. So check out finmo.ca. And one of the cool things that I like about Finmo is they have smart docs feature, which intelligently figures out what documents you need from a client. It's got e-signing capabilities connected to lender spotlights. You can search all the different lender guidelines. And when we looked at different platforms for our agents, it was hands down the easiest one to use. And so that's why we chose it. Check that out. And thanks again for checking out this episode. Hey, Tom, welcome to the show. Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me. So, hey, tell me a little bit about yourself and where you're from. Yeah, so I'm born and raised in Burlington, Ontario. Just moved to Beamsville, Ontario, which is just outside of Grimsby in the Niagara area. And just joined the mortgage broker world in 2020, late 2020. So this is my first full year. And so you have another career though, right? Like we talked about this. So like what are the things that you do as well? Yeah, so I'm still a professional firefighter, a full-time firefighter. For me, it works out really well. I'm super fortunate because the way my shifts work is I work 24-hour shifts. So I only work seven to eight days a month, which gives me all those days to work on the mortgage business. Right. So it's a very limited window. It's actually a great shift pattern for people. It's probably the best shift work you could do, I think, if you're going to be in shift work. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love it. And, you know, two of those seven days out of the month are on the weekends as well, which, of course, lenders aren't open. So like my mortgage business is very well full time. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Okay, so what made you get into mortgages? You're a firefighter, right? What prompted you to go down this path? Yeah, I'd say it's kind of started out at a younger age. I got into real estate with my first rental property, and I kind of saw the power through that and kind of just got obsessed with real estate investing in general. And I was looking into possibly becoming a real estate agent, but you know, at the end of the day, it wasn't really for me. 
So then I explored the option of becoming a mortgage broker and did some deep diving into what it took to become licensed. And I saw, you know, it's only whatever it is, $1,500 for the course itself. And it's like, yeah, it's a no brainer. Let's get her started. So a lot of times when people get into mortgages, they start part-time, full-time. So in your case, you have sort of this perfect, you know, shift work job as a firefighter. So have you given any thought to like, would you keep doing that? Would you do both? Because your mortgage business is growing. And so I'm just curious if you've given that any thought. Yeah, I definitely have thought about it. And I wouldn't shut the door on any option, to be honest. I mean, right now, everything's working out really well. I'm enjoying both jobs. So as of now, no, but in the future, you never know what may happen. And, you know, the first year of being in this business, what I focused on was dialing in the client journey, my systems and having everything in place. So that way, I can have the ability to do both jobs. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So was there any point that you questioned this as a career where you're like, oh my gosh, should I be doing this? Or is there any like self-doubt that you had? Yeah, definitely a couple of times early on. I don't know if it went to the extent of me actually considering quitting the career in general, but you know, my first month I had probably the two most stressful files I ever had since I've started. And, you know, a couple of them were keeping me up at night and I was thinking about it all the time. And I'm saying to my wife, you know, like, is this really the career for me? It's kind of consuming my thoughts on a daily basis. But I think as you kind of hum along in the business and you get more experience and learn not to absorb yourself too much in the files and you learn how to kind of turn that off, it definitely gets easier. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I was a paramedic for nine years before I became a mortgage broker. And I found being a mortgage broker was actually more stressful for me, especially in the first few years. As a paramedic, my mentor used to say, you didn't cause the mess, you're just there to help. So it's like, you know, whatever is going on, I'm just here to help. Whereas as a mortgage broker, I was more attached. I found it more stressful, frankly. But getting good processes, getting more experience, all that stuff helps, you know, and figuring out who to say no to. You know, like some clients, you should just be like, you knew right away, like now, later on, you know, 16 years later, you look at a client and go, this person, I should have said no to the moment I pick up the phone with them. And so some of it's that too, but. Yeah, so- and it's funny you say that actually, because that was part of it with those two files. They were, you know, in the B private territory. And I just felt awkward telling them, you know, like you're not qualified on the A side and being a new mortgage broker, you kind of need to learn on how to pitch that to your clients. It's a different conversation. And it is absolutely yeah. so. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. It's good. Well, and you know what, dude, it's all part of the learning, right? So what surprised you most about the mortgage business? I'd say in general, how many different roles the mortgage broker has to play. So getting into the business, you know, you kind of just think, okay, mortgage brokers there to originate the file and give you a mortgage. But there's so many other things behind the scenes that I didn't really realize until I started, you know, you have your sales, your underwriting, of course, your marketing, client journey, a list goes on. So yeah, just kind of shocked me as to how many different things you had to do to build up the business. And now it's not stressful for me. It's to the point where it actually gets me excited to wake up in the morning to start building that business even further. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. So one of the things that I've noticed is that, you know, with the mortgage business, two of the main roles, there's lots of jobs, but two things you've got to really master are sales and underwriting. Which one was more challenging for you? Uh, That's a toss up. Probably have to say underwriting. You know, sales doesn't come naturally to me at all. Like all my jobs in the past, they're not sales related by any means, but where I do have experiences through um, servicing people with all my jobs in the past, especially firefighting. So I kind of take that approach in terms of sales, just helping educate my clients and giving them the best service possible. So that kind of takes care of the sales piece itself. 
And yeah, underwriting, there's a lot to learn up front. So yeah, that was definitely a bit of a sticking point for me. The underwriting. Yeah. Usually at the front end, it's sales and then you start to get it going. And then when you're having success on the sales, it's like, oh my gosh, your new problem is getting them approved and where to put the loan and all that stuff. So that's cool. Okay. So we did some training with you. So what was your biggest takeaway from going through the training and stuff that we worked on together? I definitely say just mastering the client journey. I'm at the point where I'm actually just kind of obsessed with just perfecting my client journey and making it like a, just a top-notch experience for my customers. And, you know, there's tons of training that you provide and I haven't even really tapped into the realtor training that you've provided. So I'm super excited to get that started for 2022, but yeah, definitely the client journey. After knowing what you know now, what's something that you've improved or tweaked in your client journey that you weren't doing before or just helping explain the process to the clients, because a lot of times people are just left with more questions when they're starting the process with you know, whoever they're with, the mortgage broker or the bank, they're just confused as to how it works. And I know myself, I was there too with my first place. So I kind of always think back to when I got my first mortgages and thinking, okay, like where was I left in the dark? What was I questioning at this point? So I kind of have all these answers in my client journey with videos. So any question that comes up from a client, I always record a video. And if it's a good enough video, then I'll keep it. I'll put it in my CRM system. And then I'll put it in templated emails as well. Right. Yeah, that's genius. And I think video is a great thing to implement more of. So tell me about your first year. So those first three months, what did you do for mortgages in that first three, four months of being a mortgage broker? So the first three months was definitely a little slower. Well, actually, like starting off, I had a mortgage closed pretty quickly. So I was like, like, oh, to myself, like, <laughs> dude, like people make this seem like it's a tough job. You're like, one just fell in your lap, right? It absolutely just fell on my lap, like just out of luck. And then the next two months, you know, we were dry. And at that point, I also was just kind of trying to learn the products because I didn't want to put someone in a mortgage that I didn't understand. So mm -hmm. I was kind of doing some research and just learning the products in general the first couple months. And then after that, say beginning of 2021 is where it started picking up. Right. And so how has this year gone for you in terms of like production, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, I think we're sitting at around nine mil. Yeah. And what, what mil. do you think you'll finish the year at? Well, my goal was 10 mil this year. So I'm really hoping for 10 mil plus. You've got a couple months left, so that's good. All right. So let me ask some rapid fire questions. What's one thing people can't find out about you from Google? Maybe that I'm a hobbyist. <laughs> I'm always just trying new things, picking up new hobbies. What's the most my... recent hobby that you picked up? I'd say jujitsu. Oh, I love jujitsu. I'm doing Muay Thai. That's my new thing. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's a lot of fun. How long you do jujitsu? It's kind of in pieces because of COVID. You know, right. I had to stop for a while, but in total, I'd probably say about six months and so not too long at all. But you can't train jujitsu like on Zoom. You need, another, <laughs> you need a person to like all the techniques yeah, require 100%. Person, right? Yeah, I started doing Muay Thai six months ago, I got my son into it. And then my buddy convinced me to go try it. I love it. Like, it's just so fun. We do a little bit of nogi jujitsu once in a while. We do some private lessons, but it's a great workout. So what do you like about jujitsu? I'm curious. If anyone here is listening to this and you listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, you've probably heard this before, but it's kind of like human chess. It's just a lot of fun when you're into it. It's not so much about just being brutal and physical. It's just you're trying to map out what the next move or position is. It's kind of hard to explain, but it's. It it's is really like fun. chess, but somebody's trying to choke you out at the same yeah. time. Like you're playing chess and they're trying to choke you or armbar you. I, that's exactly. what I thought about it too. It's very cerebral. It's way more cerebral than you think. 
yeah from a from martial art like i found that's what i loved about it. it was like it was trying to figure this out and the really good guys are you know girls are like they're four moves ahead they're doing something now to set you up for something that you don't even see you're just trying to defend the one thing and they know that they're thinking three four steps ahead of you. yeah you got to put your ego aside at the door if you're brand new to it because okay. you're going to get tapped out <laughs> a lot yeah that's awesome okay what's a movie everybody should watch at least once don't say backdraft i'm just kidding backdraft. <laughs> <laughs> i don't even think i've seen it to be honest i know uh, I'm, just, I'm just teasing it. it's not really one movie it's more of a series but band of brothers oh it's a great series actually i love that love that series and then what's one piece of tool or tech you can't do your business without I've explored a lot and now it's really come down to bomb bomb blue mortgage and loom. Yeah. Those are all great tools. And then what's the best piece of advice you received as a new mortgage broker? I've received a lot. So it's kind of hard to narrow it down to one, but I'd probably say just value your time. For me, I value my time obviously because I only have so much working two full-time jobs. So early on, of course, like when you're new, you do want to take on, whatever files come your way, but eventually you do want to niche out into a niche that you want to pursue. So you can say no to the files that either you're not experienced with, or that will take too much time because you haven't done it before. So for me, I niched out pretty quickly and implemented the video, as I mentioned, which definitely saves me a lot of time per file. What is your niche? Who's your ideal client? Well, it's all comes down to real estate investing. And for me, it's pretty much the same as Ryan Wiley's, like just teaching people how to invest in their first property. Yeah. Yeah. I get satisfaction out of that for sure. That's awesome. And so knowing what you know now, so if you could go back to basically a year ago and give yourself some advice, would you do anything different? I would say just trust the process. You know, for me early on, I didn't have any confidence with anything because, you know, you're brand new. For me, I didn't have a financial background. So I didn't know how mortgages really worked in general. So over time, something just clicked where I just knew everything just kind of fell into place. And yeah, I would definitely just say, just trust the process, keep working at it. It does get easier. Right. It's awesome. Well, Tom, I appreciate chatting with you, man. And keep crushing it, brother. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for and having me. And go check out Backdraft. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll get it right on that. Hey, Ben, welcome back to Ask the Experts. Thanks, Scott. Good to be back. So today we're going to talk about three client profiles that you may not think about when it comes to reverse mortgages. So we had talked recently about sort of some different use cases, but sometimes it's good to think about what kind of client would actually come in and go, hey, wait a second, maybe this would be an appropriate time to use a reverse mortgage. So why don't we jump into it today? So what's kind of the first one that you see? I think the first one, probably one of the most common situations for reverse mortgage customers is high net worth, but low income, right? So the customer, they've built up a lot of wealth in their home but they don't have enough income post-retirement to sustain the standard of living that they got used to while they were still working, right? They also might not have enough income to qualify for that bank HELOC that they might be thinking about, right? But the beautiful thing about a reverse mortgage is we don't expect you to pay it down, right? Or even pay the interest. And it's not subject to the same income stress tests that disqualify a lot of seniors from other types of mortgages. So for example, like we just did a reverse mortgage for somebody in West Toronto, few hundred thousand dollar reverse mortgage for her at our lowest offered rate. And she had really nothing more from an income perspective than government pension income, CPP and OIS. But that was really enough for us to be confident that she could pay her property taxes, her home insurance and keep up with home maintenance. And that was good enough for us. Right. Okay. So high net worth, low income are a great fit. So what's another client profile that's a fit for you guys or a good use case? I think the second kind of client profile would be somebody with bad credit, but low or no mortgage balance. So again, since we're not so focused on a client's ability to pay down the mortgage, 
we're not as fussed about credit. And for a lot of reverse mortgage lenders like us, there's no minimum credit score for reverse mortgage. Right. Like oftentimes one of the things that's dragging down the credit is a bunch of like maxed out, unsecured trades, delinquencies, et cetera. And this is like a really powerful tool for debt consolidation. Like one of the things that we say to clients is like, what's a better payment plan than no payment plan, right? So right. rather than getting your clients like an expensive private or a second, that's just going to kind of exacerbate the situation for them. You know, this could be the right solution to wipe out that debt with a reverse mortgage and kind of solve the cash flow problem once and for all. Right. I love that line. That should be your slogan. What's better than no payment? You could do a whole ad campaign around that, actually. You know, yeah, that. for sure. So, okay, it makes sense. So it's kind of interesting because you're right. Like with most mortgages, with credit, it's going to affect how much you borrow. But because there's no payment associated with this, then the credit's irrelevant, really. It's yeah, really, we're really mostly yeah. focused on the security, the house itself. The house. And then because you can access the equity, then you can you know clean up some of this stuff. So, okay, so first is high net worth, low income. Second is bad credit with low mortgage or no mortgage. What's the kind of the third profile type that you guys see? Yeah, so we talked to a lot of clients who are recently retired, but short on cash. And this is really up and down the credit and wealth ladder. Like the reason why a reverse mortgage is a great product for this type of demo is it's specifically designed for this age demographic, right? And comes with a number of kind of key borrower protections that allow them to kind of set it and forget it throughout their full retirement, right? So unlike a HELOC, you've got, you know, no loan to value caps, no callability. So even if they live for another 40 years in the home and that balance continues to grow, and even if the home price growth starts to flatten out or even falls, that loan isn't going to get called unlike a HELOC, right? Reverse mortgages also come with something called a no negative equity guarantee. And all kind of legitimate reverse mortgage lenders in Canada, the US, UK, we all offer this. And this is basically a feature that caps the amount that a borrower is going to owe at the fair market value of the home. So even if they live in the home for another 40 years and the mortgage balance would ever exceed the value of the home, their estate's not going to be stuck with a bill. So reverse mortgages are really good for kind of recently retired people that are short on cash. They want to do an equity takeout transaction because it's specifically designed for people in that situation. Right. As you're talking about this, I was thinking, you know, the life expectancy is going up. So they probably weren't expecting to live as long. So less money resources, which means, you know, that using things like your home equity are smart. You know, back in 1960, average Canadian lifespan was 71 years. Now it's 82 Right. Yeah. So 20 years from now, it's going to be higher again, barring some major, you know, pandemic or something. But for all those reasons, it can make a lot of sense. That's good. Okay. So wrap this up for folks listening. Yeah, for sure. So three different client profiles we see a lot of at Bloom. One is high net worth, but low income. Okay. The second one is bad credit, but low or no mortgage balance. So you can use the house, you can use the home equity as a means of solving some of those credit issues. And the final one is recently retired and short on cash. Right. So yeah, this is awesome, man. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I got a client that fits one of those profiles, check out bloomfin.ca, the company's Bloom Finance, and Ben and his team will be able to help you out. And as I've said on previous episodes of this, but you guys really understand the product, you understand how to explain it to a senior. And so if you're not crazy comfortable with it, if you do the introduction, they do the work and actually still pay you as if you did everything. So it's a win for you, win for the client. And of course, it also helps Bloom and those guys out. So check that out, bloomfin.ca. Thanks again, Ben, for chatting. Thanks a lot, Scott. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.